Today on Power Sports Strategy, I have Dr. Wade Brackenberry as my guest. He is the founder of American Chiropractic Clinics here in Vietnam. He is an avid motorcyclist, an author, award-winning photographer, and an all-around interesting man. Today, he will give us insight on the importance of good after sales through the eyes of a customer. Here's my interview with Dr. Wade. So welcome, Dr. Wade. How are you doing? Doing good. Thank you so much for having me on the show, David. So tell me, how did you get to Vietnam? I came to Vietnam um, via Malaysia. I, I, came out, I came out to Asia back in the early 80s to study acupuncture and Chinese medicine. I moved back about 24 years ago to open the first successful chiropractic clinics in Malaysia and eventually helped open the first um, chiropractic clinics that were really successful. Well, helped run ones in Thailand and then worked in Hong Kong for a while. I was actually planning on opening uh, a huge chiropractic clinic in uh, Shanghai, China. However, I would go to China and never really liked it. And eventually somebody from Vietnam was coming to Hong Kong to be treated. And he talked me into coming and looking at Vietnam. And I just love Vietnam. So without knowing anything else, I just came out here and started. What was your journey to get to being a chiropractor? That's a good question because <laughs> when I was 16, if anybody asked me what I was going to be, I would say my big dream was to be a mountain guide. And I just loved the outdoors. I loved climbing mountains. I loved anything with two wheels. I loved bicycles. I had one of the first mountain bikes that came out. I had all kinds of motorcycles. And I just thought I would always live in the outdoors. And at 16, I was in a really bad accident. I fractured my spine in two places. And I lived a year in a hospital. And after that recovery, I realized that um, I had a lot of interest in trying to help people overcome chronic pain and, and chronic disability. How did you end up leaving America? Like that, uh, that's, that's kind of big deal for most people. Well, when I was 18 years old, I, was, I moved to San Luis Obispo, California to have treatment from a German doctor who's a German immigrant who studied chiropractic in America, medicine in Germany, and acupuncture in Korea and China. And um, he started treating me with acupuncture, and I never had acupuncture before, and we didn't think much of it, but I had a tremendously good response to it. And I remember, you know, he was 75 years old, and I remember that he could do something to help me with these tiny little needles that nobody else could do. And it just blew my mind. I just couldn't believe that somebody had gone so many extra miles to become the type of doctor that could help people that were just absolutely hopeless. And I remember thinking that if one doctor had spent his entire career learning what he learned and it helped me, in my mind, that would have been worth his entire study. You know, I mean, it wouldn't have been worth it to him financially, but for me, it would be worthwhile. So I decided that if possible, you know, if I was smart enough and capable enough, I wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps and do something like that. And it led me to going overseas to study, and it led me to um, having a, a much more extraordinary life experience that I would have had had I stayed in America. Wow, that's awesome. So tell me, how did you, how'd you get your first motorcycle? You know, what did you grow up riding? Oh, so um, I grew up in a farming community in central Idaho called um, Camas Prairie. And there were about 400 people and about seven hereditary farms in that area and about 1,500 square miles and about 40,000 head of cattle. And I grew up the summers from the time I was seven or eight, maybe nine years old. I was living pretty much full time on my uncle's ranch. And at nine years old, my father sold me my first motorcycle. It was one he had. It was a 175 Kawasaki two-stroke Enduro. And, that was, and I just loved it. It was just an amazing feeling at nine years old to be able to just jump on something with two wheels and fly. And at that time, you know, it, it, it was really flying. Very little traffic. And we could get up to 80, 90 miles an hour on something like that. It was just an amazing feeling. Tell me, where do you like to ride in v Vietnam? What's your favorite ride? I like to ride everywhere in Vietnam, I, but I prefer, my, my favorite two places are probably, it'd be a toss up between the um, Ho Chi Minh Road and variations of that ride in Central Highlands and Ha Zang. And I have to say, after thinking about it, 
Hazeng is the Hazeng Loop, they call it, and variations of that that are partly trail are my favorite ride. Maybe one of my favorite rides in the world, not just Vietnam. It's just amazing, beautiful area. No doubt about that. It's, it is pretty nice up in the north and in the central highlands. In Ho Chi Minh City, the riding is not that great, but uh, we can get out of town and if we leave early enough in a couple of hours and uh, <laughs> get into the highlands and it, it is pretty nice. So, so you're my customer. You bought a Scrambler from me, a Triumph Scrambler. Why did you choose that bike? Why did I choose a Scrambler? That, that's a great question. And thinking about it, the answer is several. Um, probably, um, you know, when I grew up, I, my father had a BSA, uh, gold star, 500 CC motorcycle that just vibrated like crazy. And oh, we loved that motorcycle. I was three when he bought it and seven when he sold it. And I always dreamed of having something like that, even though they went out of fashion. And when the Bonneville series came back in modern form and the scrambler being kind of a subset of the Bonneville series, I just loved the way they looked. And, um, I went up to Hanoi and I borrowed one and rode it around and I just felt so happy on it. It was really great. And so the second reason was um, I've had quite a number of motorcycles in Vietnam and big motorcycles are always very problematic here. Dealerships generally will just try to sell you the motorcycle and do anything they can not to do any aftermarket service because it costs them money. And in fact, I bought a, a Ducati Multistrada, which I love, but it, they did $6,000 of, of maintenance in the first four months I had it just because of malpractice in the maintenance shop. And I had to fight with them to get them to do anything. And it was miserable. And so I think, um, you know, when I started being, before I knew you well, I, I, I met you through Al Morgan. Before I knew you well, I started riding Triumph motorcycles out of your shops, you know, sometimes renting them. And sometimes you were not good enough just to let us borrow for a day. And um, I remember coming back to the shop and, and having the motorcycle run perfectly and then having the people do the maintenance on it immediately. And I realized that this was really an outlier, you know, that, that you, you had uh, three motorcycle brands where aftermarket service was exceeding, at least equal to or exceeding many dealerships in America. And it was something we'd never imagined in, in Vietnam. In Vietnam, usually when you bought a new motorcycle, the warranty was almost worthless. And uh, aftermarket service was really, it was very a very unfriendly and adversarial experience rather than the kind of like, um, you know, professional, take care of you afterwards, make sure you're happy service that you guys had. And so that was another reason. The other thing was, I, I would have loved to have anything in the Bonneville series, but I love the um, Scrambler because I do a fair amount of off-road. You know, you're always you know, you're always going down the highway. Scrambler will go 100 kilometers an hour, no problem. And you, there's very seldom in Vietnam you're allowed to go much faster than that. And it'll go 100. It's very, very stable. But when you come to like a dirt road or something like that, or a deep puddle you have to go through, or maybe crossing a shallow river, the Scrambler will go through just like a dirt bike. And so you can, I've taken on single track and, you know, having ridden dirt bikes my entire life, I have no problem jockeying it around some rel relatively technical single track. It's got powerful, you know, it's got really good skid plates. It's got good tires. It's got a reasonably good shock absorbing system. And so even though it runs really well on the highway, it's a very good off-road bike as well. And so maybe 10% of the time we're off on some dirt road that would kind of destroy a, a full-on road bike or would not be very safe on a full-on road bike. Correct. One of the other things that is very good about that bike is you're able to use it in town, be able to park it and allow the security guy to move it. Okay, question for you. What are, what are some of the ways that you feel dealerships go above and beyond expectations? Well, in Vietnam, there's not very many examples of dealerships doing that. I think yours is probably the first I've seen. And in Southeast Asia in general, the concept of aftermarket service is very new and, and usually not very well done. It's getting better in some countries. But in Vietnam, it's a very new concept to take care of the customer afterwards. I think in particular, um, when I came in to look at the Triumphs, you know, before I was even really serious about buying one, the, all of the customer all the customer service guys, all the salesmen became my friend very quickly. You know, they met me, they got to know who I was. 
they um and then Lom, the the one who eventually sold me the triumph he kept track of me and would send me little messages and send me little uh, help me out with little things long before i ever bought a motorcycle from him and um so i think that's something that was really great i mean you know i i couldn't find anything about the sales process that i could complain about and after i signed the papers and paid the money and bought the motorcycle he went with me personally to get it registered, which is very onerous in Vietnam. It's very complicated and difficult. And he went and made sure I had a good experience. That he sent me a little message when I got home, and then he um, helped me buy some, you know, some riding gear that I needed. And you know, and he's always been there for me. He's like a good friend now. And um, that's not just with Eric, me. It's just with practically anybody who's bought a motorcycle from your shop. You know, they feel like they're part of a. Uh, you know, you, you when you go in there, you feel like you have a friendship with them. They remember you. They 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 remember your name. That's something that just doesn't happen very often. Yeah, no doubt. It, it's. Uh... It's definitely a little bit different here than you would uh, you would find in a normal normal dealership setting. Plus, we're foreigners. Uh, sometimes the Vietnamese people are a little bit uh, nervous to talk to us because they don't feel maybe their English is good enough, or they have a tendency to actually hide uh, from yeah. from foreigners. So it is a little bit different for sure when it when it comes to that. Okay. Through your eyes as a customer, what are some of the things that a power sports dealer can do to make motorcycling more fun for customers? I think that, um, you know, looking at it from my point of view and having had a lot of really seriously miserable experiences in Vietnam, having my bike break down out in the middle of nowhere, and um, also, you know, having to fight to get service done correctly. I think, you know, first and foremost, what would set a dealership apart is a consistent aftermarket servicing that was honest and, and really well done. And um, most people here, you know, have a lot of trouble getting that done in any dealership, even car dealerships. And so we know that um, once I, I bought a motorcycle from Triumph or Harley, which you also manage, or, um, you know, like KTM went out of business here because of poor management, you know, and um, I had so many friends who wanted to buy a KTM and they just wouldn't buy it because they knew that they weren't going to be able to get it serviced. So I think first and foremost is servicing. And secondly, I think something that you guys have done that is, is very unique and new in Vietnam is this idea of having a coffee shop inside the, the dealership. And um, you've been able to do that in such a way that um, the dealership is like a friendly place you want to drop in and say hi to everybody. Um, if I'm driving by the dealership with my wife or my daughter, we'll drop in and just have a cup of coffee to say hi to our friends there. And very often, some of my patients are there. You know, there's other people who have the same motorcycles and there's kind of a camaraderie amongst people that have the same type of motorcycle. And we'll say hello and talk a little bit. And, and it's an empowering and exciting part of the day rather than you drive by the dealership look and go, oh, those guys are the ones that screwed me over. Oh, I got to get my oil changed. I hope they don't remember to put the gasket back in, you know? And so I think that's been something that um, you guys have done really well. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that because we're friends. We're good friends now. Yeah. But um, even before that, you know, I recognize that as did many other people. And I think that's one of the reasons you, your guys are really the top um, motorcycle dealerships in Vietnam at this point. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty fun. The coffee shops are are something that we started in Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, they're inside the Triumph and Harley dealerships in, in Ho Chi Minh City. And it gives us an opportunity to slow the sales process down a little bit, allow the customers to be comfortable and, and take time to consider the buying the motorcycle while they're sitting in the dealership still. And uh, exactly. it's, it's worked out really good for us. Now, not only you ride this Triumph Scrambler, but your daughter rides this Triumph Scrambler too. And I've seen her uh, ride very well on this motorcycle, uh, you know, <laughs> it, which, which uh, for Vietnam is pretty rare to see a woman on a motorcycle. I mean, and she's technically still a girl, but uh, uh, tell me about that. So, um... When, when I first borrowed, I borrowed two motorcycles to check out before I bought the Triumph Scrambler, you know, one was the, 
Triumph um, Tiger, which I just love. I've, I've ridden, driven, I borrowed a Triumph Tiger um, in both sizes, driven all around Hanoi area and also in Ho Chi Minh, and I've driven it clear up to the border of Laos. And I just love that motorcycle. But it was a little bit redundant with my um, Ducati Multistrat. And uh, although it's, it's really reliable and really a nice ride. And, uh, but the Scrambler, which I liked equally as well, um, my daughter could sit on it and her feet were almost flat on the ground. And so that made a lot of sense. And I really wanted her to have the joy of riding a motorcycle. When I brought the Tiger, she took off on that and was gone for half an hour. And I was terrified she'd killed herself. <laughs> but um, she's only 17 and we've done quite a number of rides together. I'll go on a big bike, she'll go on that bike. And, and she's really comfortable on it. And I think that the, when I was reading the review about the Scrambler, they say that it's the Steve McQueen bike, which it is, but also that it's the easiest bike in the world to drive. And when I got on, I know what that means. When you get on it and you start riding, you know, the handlebars are wide. It's just low to the ground. The center of gravity is low. It's very, very stable. And the acceleration is such that it doesn't jump out from under you, but it has all the power you ever need. And so it's a fantastic bike for a beginning, beginning rider. And people are like crazy. They're like, you're putting your daughter on a 900cc motorcycle. And I said, it's actually safer. You know, and yeah. she's been bumped. She's been bumped twice by other people on motorcycles, and they went down, and she didn't. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I look forward to this year on the Christmas ride. Maybe she can ride the Scrambler, and you can go on the Ducati with with your wife, and uh, hopefully we can get the pandemic under control by then. Obviously, yeah. uh, around the world, it's starting to get back to more normal. And we had it normal for a long time, and now uh, we're dealing with the pandemic. Uh, Vietnam government did a really good job of keeping it out of the country for as long as they could, but now not so Now we got here, whacked. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's our turn it's to deal with it. Yeah. I think that's another thing that you guys do. I, you didn't, um, we didn't bring this up before, but you know, I think these rides that you organize and the camaraderie, there's other people trying to do that in other dealerships, but I think you guys do that in a super good way. And um, I think that that not only helps your dealership, it also gives people who are just starting out, you know, there's a lot of people in Vietnam who are transitioning from never having a, anything larger than a, a 120cc vehicle to having either a car or a larger motorcycle. And these group rides and this kind of community you build, give them that opportunity to make that transition in a way that makes sense and in a way that um, is manageable. Whereas, you know, many people buy one of these motorcycles or even there, there's a huge barrier of entry to their going from not ever riding one of these things to being able to go on a trip like that. And when yeah. you have a group of people like that, they have a lot of support, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of, you know, help in, in making that transition. Yeah, those are great. We uh, organize uh, several uh, rides a year like that, where we bring in a medical staff to go with us, uh, obviously the service van to, with technicians, follow the group. And then my marketing staff does a really good job of setting up, uh, you know, set lunches and breakfast and dinners and hotels. And sometimes we do a three-day ride or just a, a two-day or even an overnight and sometimes just day rides. That's, that's really fun. I like that. And you're exactly right. The guy that just bought the bike, he really doesn't know anybody. He can come in and they, everyone accepts you really quick. And then you got friends already. And, and uh, yeah, uh, that, that part is really great. Do I just want to say that, you know, like um, really congratulations and all your success. But also that, you know, thank you for, you know, making Vietnam a much better place to be for people like me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've always wanted to have big motorcycles. For 15 years, I've had big motorcycles here. And um, your dealership has actually made, made it into a situation where it's much less painful and worrisome and troublesome to have a big motorcycle. And um, a lot of us have a lot of gratitude for that. You know, your shop, the speed shop, which, you know, takes care of the um, Triumphs and some other motorcycles. They're the ones who do all the maintenance on my other motorcycles now, including my yeah. Ducati Multistrada. Yeah. And I appreciate that. It's so nice to be able to just give them a call. You guys come pick the bike up, bring it back. Everything's done right. Any questions, you guys fix it. The, the charges are always more than fair. 
And, um, you know, that's something that I, I, I think that um, I can speak for a large community of expats and Vietnamese. That's something that actually makes this world here for us a better place to be in. Yeah. And um, a lot of gratitude for that. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I got a good staff. Uh, that's really the, the key to it and being able to find the right people. And uh, that's, I guess, my talent when it comes to that. I'm not fixing bikes, but I'm definitely trying to find the right people to, to help and have good communication skills with our customers. That's probably yeah. the, the, the key to it for sure. All yeah. right. Thank well, you, Wade. I appreciate your time, you sir. All right. Great to talk great to you, day. David. All right. You see too. you later. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you for watching my interview with Dr. Wade Brackenberry. He's definitely passionate about good after sales and good communication from staff. I hope you enjoyed the customer spotlight and I have left Dr. Wade's contact information in the description box below. Please feel free to reach out to him. He's an amazing chiropractor and an awesome doctor and he even makes custom orthotics for shoes. I know because I have a couple pair. Feel free to reach out to me. My contact information is in the description box below. Tell me what you thought about this interview in the comments. Like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of my interviews with business leaders in the power sports industry. Thanks again and see you next time on Power Sports Strategy.